0: Hey, it's Empire's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbaugh. In Emiko Jean's new novel, Mika in Real Life, a teen girl, Henny, reaches out to her birth mother, the titular Mika... And when that happens, Miko feels all these feelings of inadequacy. You know, her own life's a wreck. What could she offer this kid that seems so bright and full of life? There are a lot of big things to unpack in this story. But in this interview with hero now Celeste Headley, Emiko and Celeste get to talking about the seemingly small but ultimately important issue of names and how they can inform your identity and how even with the best of intentions, parents always end up messing up their kids somehow. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Acorn TV. Acorn TV isn't just good, it's brilliant. With exceptional television from around the world. Their romances are more charming, their mysteries cozier, their noirs more gripping, and their comedies cleverer. More clever? Oh, you get it. Acorn TV is brilliant stories told brilliantly. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. So, in a nutshell, Acorn TV. Brilliant. Author Emiko Jean is perhaps best known for her books for young adults, the best-selling Tokyo Ever After, and its sequel, Tokyo Dreaming, both books centered around a Japanese-American girl from a small northern California town who struggles to define herself after she finds out she's the daughter of the crown prince of Japan. Now, Emiko Jean is out with her first book for grown-ups. It's called Mika in Real Life. And as the title implies, the book's central character also deals with identity issues. And Emiko Jean joins me now to talk about it. Hi there. Hi. You know, one of the things that really struck me in this book is... The Consequences of White Lies. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm going to be very careful not to give away any spoilers here, but it's pretty early on that she tells this one little lie that kind of grows out of control. Mm-hmm. Was that just a plot device for you, or were you trying to say something there?
1: You know, it started as a plot point, but it really became so much more, as I dive deeper into the reason why someone... Would tell a lie or fake a life. And one of the angles that I kind of latched onto was social media and that a lot of people kind of put out there what they want others to see while hiding a lot of things. It's kind of the tip of the iceberg. And I was really interested in that, like why people felt like they had to pretend they have a different life than they really do.
0: This idea of pretending you are something other than you are comes up again and again in a bunch of different ways in the book. And another one that happens early on is the differing views that Mika has of her daughter's name, as opposed to the way her daughter views her name. Now, Mika, for the benefit of our listeners, has a child when she's very young, and she gives that child up for adoption. And she names the daughter, her daughter, Penny, and insists that um, when the young girl, and the baby is adopted, they keep the name Penny. Tell me a little bit about why Penny wishes she had a name that was more Japanese.
1: Yeah. So Penny is a teenager, and she is half Japanese, and she was adopted to white parents. And she struggles a lot with her identity and wanting to feel more connected to that Japanese part of herself. And she wishes that she had a Japanese name that kind of embodied that. I think, you know, for Mika, it was important that Penny have a strong name, an aspirational name. In the book, Mika goes into what the name Penny means, and she hopes that will give her kind of this strength as she voyages on into her adopted family without her birth mother. And so it was really, you know, Mika had great intentions when she gave Penny her name, but Penny really longed to have that cultural touchstone, which launches Penny on this journey to find her birth mom and to reconnect with her lost Japanese identity.
0: You know, this issue of not just identity, but who one's people are, who, who is your tribe, mm-hmm. right, comes up mm-hmm. again and again for Penny, but it also comes up for Mika. We get this sense that Penny has never felt that she fully fit in in her family or that she was fully comfortable in her own skin there. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And I say that because this is not just about a, a Japanese American or, or somebody who's an adoptee as a, as a person myself of mixed race, I found myself really identifying with some of the things Penny was grappling with.
1: Yeah. So it mirrors my own identity as a Japanese American that like, struggle living between those two identities in the hyphen, right? And never feeling like I was enough Japanese or enough American and trying to, you know, navigate both of those parts of myself. Did you find that having to work this out on the page helped you, not to, you know, harken back to the title, but helped you in real life? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I, a lot of my work... um My debut novel featured a white protagonist, but all my novels since have had Japanese or Japanese-American protagonists. And that has been part of my journey as redefining myself and also rediscovering myself as a Japanese-American and really exploring what it means to be a yellow body in the United States. I found it really
0: engaging, but I also really liked the main character, Mika. And one of the things I really liked about her is that she's a hot mess when we first meet her. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. She <laughs> she doesn't have it together. <laughs> she, <laughs> I, I'm struggling because I don't want to give away too many details, mm-hmm. but she starts the book by losing her job. She doesn't live in her own place. Um, you know, things are messy for her. Why was that important to to have a main character who just hadn't figured things out
1: yet? You know, in some ways, Mika dis- deconstructs the model minority myth that Asian Americans are high achievers and that they do well academically and that they're quiet. And she's none of those things. She's pretty much the antithesis of all of those things. Yeah. And she's also a woman, her Japanese you know, American identity aside, she's a woman that's been traumatized before. And so this has kind of frozen her. And so she is a mess, but there's a lot going on underneath her skin and what she projects out into the world of why she has had this inaction in her life. And it's really, you know, the novel spends a lot of time unpacking that and really figuring out who she is.
0: Yeah. And it's a lovely journey to watch and also feel like that you are a part of because it feels to me like she and Penny are kind of figuring it out together, which brings us to that relationship between parent and child, mm-hmm. there are a lot of different relationships that reflect that bond, right, in this book. Um, there's, mm-hmm. of course, the biological relationship. Um, we don't know for a very, very long time who Penny's biological father is. There's the adoptive parents. What were you trying to explore here when it comes to parent and child bonding,
1: you know, I think I was trying to definitely explore parental bonds, but also how diverse and varied they can be. And to a certain extent, I was also trying to make the point, or actually searching myself for this answer, I think, is that there's really no right way to be a parent, to become a parent, or to parent kids, that we're all just trying the best that we can.
0: How different was it for you to write a book where your audience, the person that you're imagining as you write, reading it is an adult and not a kid?
1: You know, I didn't struggle very much with that. I always knew from the beginning of this novel that it was going to be an adult novel. I myself had just had uh, twins. I just had children. And so I was really kind of examining who I was as a mother and who my kids were going to be later on in life and if they were going to be like me as a teen. And I think those all all of those things got wrapped up into the novel. And you're ready to write another adult novel? Was this a one-off? No, I definitely plan on writing more adult novels. I have one that I've outlined and I'm ready to start. I can't say too much about it, but there are more, more in me.
0: I guess that would be super spoilers um, to give yeah. things away about a book that hasn't even been published yet. Do your yeah. characters sometimes surprise you in the choices they, they make?
1: Yeah, they do. At the beginning of Mika in real life, I had never intended for a certain relationship to develop. I'm trying not to <laughs> give away spoilers. It's so tricky. But once I had started drafting these characters and putting them on the page, there was just such obvious chemistry between the two that I kind of had to deviate from the outline that I was working on and let these characters kind of lead me in the direction that they, you know, wanted to go.
0: So as you come away from this novel and start working on the next, I wonder what advice you would give to someone who is in a similar place to you, who is grappling with their own identity and trying to figure out how to navigate that hyphen, whatever that may be, Japanese-American or any other identity. Do you have any guidance?
1: I think, for me, one of the most powerful things in my life has been those found families, so people that are, you know, outside of your immediately family, but that are similar to you and that you can connect with, you know, regarding those issues. And as a byproduct of publishing novels like this and novels like Tokyo Over After, I've widened that community tenfold. I'm hoping that people can connect with the work and see my own journey and see a reflection of their journey.
0: Emiko Jean's book is Mika in Real Life. Thank you so much. Thank you. Big news stories don't always break on your schedule. But with the NPR app, news, culture, and podcasts are ready when you want them in your pocket. Download the NPR app today.
1: News is a public service. That's why NPR never puts a paywall in front of our journalism. NPR.org, our free website, promises to stay that way so that you get all of it. Breaking news, pop culture, award-winning journalism, wherever you are. To stay connected, head to NPR.org.